Welcome back to Squatch Ranger Files, episode 47. It's so nice to be back and do another episode for you guys. And I just want to say we've expanded the show to the Anchor platform. We are very excited to be here. Anchor helps the show reach Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. We hope to grow our audience and are able to continue to bring you the latest Bigfoot reports from around the country. If you are a new listener to the show, welcome. You are now an official Squatch Ranger. Your duties include have an open mind, ask questions, trust but confirm, and always seek the truth. Thanks for joining the show. Okay guys, I just want to dive right into my random Bigfoot talk. So last episode, I mentioned that I wanted to share my inspiration of getting interested in Bigfoot. And I also mentioned the name Jimmy Chilcut. So my, my inspiration of getting interested came from the documentary video Sasquatch Legend Meets Science with Jimmy Chilcut, the FBI fingerprint expert. He went into Dr. Meldrum's lab in this documentary as a skeptic He mentioned on the show that I was watching that he was watching a show. He saw Dr. Meldrum, he saw all of his Bigfoot casts, and he thought to himself, I want to contact this guy, I want to go into this lab, and I want to prove that this is all a hoax, this is ridiculous, because I'm a fingerprint expert. I'm also an expert in primate prints. So he went in and he studied studied Dr. Meldrum's footprints, his casts, in his laboratory, in his lab at Idaho State University. 
Uh, he studies primate handprints and footprints. He visits zoos on days the primates would be sedated and make copies of their prints for study. So he's very highly qualified to go in there and take a look at these prints and tell us if this is a hoax, if this is ridiculous, or if this has some legitimacy to it. So his testimony, Jimmy Chilcutt's testimony, he compares two prints that were casted 20 years apart and found 100 miles apart, hundreds of miles apart, both had the same vertical dermal ridge patterns, thicker dermal patterns than what you would see in apes. This simply can't be hoaxed. The hoaxer would have to have more knowledge than a print analyst who specializes in primate prints, right? That's what I'm thinking. So that was hook, line, sinker for me to get me interested in the topic of Bigfoot was was Jimmy Chilcutt's testimony. And he, he studies dermatoglyphics. I used that word in an earlier episode when I was talking about the Finding Bigfoot guys and they were overusing the word dermatoglyphics in a little scene. I thought it was kind of comical, but dermatoglyphics, the study of skin markings or patterns on fingers, hands, and feet and its application, especially in criminology. So we have a guy, an expert here, he goes in and he evaluates these casts in Dr. Meldrum's lab and he comes out not being a skeptic anymore but he's starting to find some validity to all of this and this topic and um, I just think that was so cool so I really was I just became a huge Jimmy Chilcutt fan I, I've been watching for him on other documentaries and other Bigfoot shows since then more Bigfoot shows have come out Bigfoot has become more popular since then when I was a teenager in the mid 90s watching that documentary so what has happened to Chilcutt where has he been why doesn't he appear on Bigfoot documentaries anymore well I did some digging and I found an article from skeptical inquirer called experiments cast doubt on Bigfoot evidence by Michael Dennett so this is on the internet I'll try to uh, provide the link uh, on my Facebook page Squatch Ranger the Squatch Ranger Facebook page for you guys listening I might even put the link in the description of the video on YouTube yeah this is a very interesting article so I'm getting all this following information from this article Okay, so Chilcutt has identified three Bigfoot casts as exhibiting dermal ridges with the particular non-human and non-primate characteristics he alone has identified. The three specimens are known as Wrinklefoot, Onion Mountain, and the Elkins cast. A Seattle man, Matt Crowley, obtained a copy of the Onion Mountain cast. Crowley, a former pharmacist who now makes a living as an artist, conceived a series of experiments to try and duplicate the circumstances of the Onion Mountain cast. The result has been a series of test casts which, as a product of the casting process, display virtually identical dermal ridge type surface characteristics. Chilcutt said in an interview, Matt has shown artifacts can be created, at least under laboratory conditions, 
and field researchers need to take precautions. Although Chilcutt admits Crowley's work duplicated the friction ridges on the Onion Mountain cast, he maintains that the impression is of the foot of a real animal. Chilcutt commented in the documentary Sasquatch Legend Meets Science, I've come to the following solid conclusions, he says. Number one, there is a great ape living in North America. And number two, the friction ridges of this great ape are not human or of a known species. This conclusion may come as a shock to some people, but I stake my reputation on it. So I really love how he was aggressive there in the episode, and he was so confident. And he was showing confidence. I mean, he says he would stake his reputation on it, people. That really just, that got me. I was like, wow, this this FBI expert in fingerprints is saying he's going to stake his reputation on his findings in the lab of Dr. Meldrum's. I was just like, wow. Now, so we have this Crowley guy that's done some experiments, and he's kind of duplicated the the friction ridges somewhat. I think that's great that we have people out there that always want to seek the truth. And that's part of my bit in the beginning of the show. And so that's that's exactly what we want to do, people. But I'm going to come back here and I'm going to say, I'm just going to play devil's advocate again to these skeptics that are coming out and doing these experiments that I am... A, and by the way, this is this is a really bad analogy but this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that I am an excellent singer. I majored in music. I majored in vocal music. And so I took, you know, many years of voice lessons. I think I'm a pretty good singer. Okay, and I like to go karaoke. And I think I'm really good at it. I, I can go out and karaoke and sing really, really well. I can actually take songs that I like, and I can sound a lot like original artist that I can probably impress a lot of people at the club or wherever I'm karaokeing that night, I can probably turn some heads and impress some people. I can sound a lot like the artist, the original artist, and I can make it sound pretty good. But I'm not the original artist. Okay? I sound really good. I'm singing the same tune, the same melody. I'm using the same rhythms. I'm trying to make my voice sound like the artist. Okay? And that sounds really good but I'm not the original artist, okay? The original artist, they, they have their sound, and, and I, I can replicate it, but I can't be them. So I, that's a bad analogy here, but that's what I'm going with, people. It, that's my reaction is, you know, this pharmacist, he's a pharmacist, and he turned to, he turned to an artist. He's probably a very bright guy, but he's not a fingerprint expert. He doesn't work for the FBI. He doesn't have years and years of training. He does in, you know, pharmaceutical purposes because he was a pharmacist. What does being a pharmacist have to do with fingerprints? And how do you know everything about fingerprints? You didn't take years of studying fingerprints and go into zoos and study primates and all that. Yes, you could kind of replicate those friction ridges, but you are not an expert. So I'm going to go with an FBI fingerprint expert and a primate print expert over a pharmacist. 
that's just me. So I just, I wish he would do some more documentaries and do some more interviews. Jimmy Chilcutt, I wish he would come out. Uh, he's, I'm not sure where he's been. He probably doesn't like the attention that people get in the Bigfoot world. You can get a lot of backlash. You can get a lot of negative attention. I think he was just going into it, wanting to prove that it was silly, it was a hoax, and the evidence swayed him. He thinks it's real now. He thinks there's something out there, and other skeptics came in and are, you know, questioning his work and his findings. So, I would love to see him back on the scene. I would love to hear him speak and be, you know, very, very confident. I would love to see him come out and you know, use that aggressive nature and be confident in what he's saying again. You're, I would like to hear the listeners' comments about Jimmy Chilcutt. What do you think about the dermal ridges and his findings? I'm sure there's other listeners out there that saw the same exact documentary I'm talking about. I would love for you to write in. Tell me what you think one way or the other. All right, and that's going to bring us to listener comments from previous episodes. So we have Linda J. writes in, She writes in, good interview. Thank you. Hope your channel grows well. She's referring to my interview with Troy Hudson on episode 46. And by the way, thank you, Linda. I appreciate you guys out there listening. And I just, uh, I always appreciate the kind words. EB writes, great interview, guys. Excellent questions and answers. You covered a lot of topics. Love to hear more stories. He's also referring to my interview with Troy Hudson, which is doing very well on Anchor right now and YouTube. I appreciate you guys listening to the interview. As a matter of fact, I just spoke to Troy yesterday on the phone. We have some new things coming out with our group, the NOBRO, Native Oklahoma Bigfoot Research Organization. We will announce this exciting stuff at a later time. One thing I can tell you is we are updating the look of our website we're changing the domain name to a .org. I will give you more details as that comes out. Okay, one more listener comment. This comes from TC. Great interview, guys. You guys compliment each other, and I remember that when the tracks were found. Maybe I'll make it to the next outing in Honubby. Very good, Tom. Thanks for writing in. I always appreciate Tom, Tom C., Oh, there is one more. This is from Moon. Moon says, I find it interesting that one of the names is To Forget and that people remember the encounter later. Very reminiscent of time slips, missing time, and alien encounters, and also of Irish fae folklore. Not saying they are necessarily related, but there is a common thread. Very, very interesting take, Moon. Yes, um, time slips. Moon is referring to the native uh, word or expression that means to forget. They have a word for Bigfoot that literally means to forget. And so they're comparing that to missing time, time slips, and alien abductions, encounters, things like that. Irish folklore. Very cool take. All right, I always appreciate the listener comments. Please send in more listener comments. Share your encounter story with us. If you have a Bigfoot encounter story, I would love to share it on this program. All you have to do is email squatchranger at gmail.com. All right, let's get into the Bigfoot reports. Number one. 
Man and Wife Find Tracks in Snow, 2021, Southwest District, Cleveland County, Oklahoma, Class B Footprints, Class B Eyeshine, and Class B Vocalizations. This witness contacted NOBRO and submitted photographs of possible Bigfoot prints in the snow by some trees near the front gate of his property. The witness gave this statement. I put my foot beside one of the tracks. I have an 11 and a half inch boot, and it was six inches longer than that. And it had toes. It seemed like it came out of a tree and went into another tree. And that had me confused. I can't even tell you what it is, to tell you the truth. I've reached out to some people. I've reached out to the game warden, and he said the pictures are too blurry. I don't know what it is either, but it was big. I've got sensors around my entry gates where the footprints were located. The sensors keep going off all the time now. I don't know what's going on. The sensors started triggering a few days before the tracks were found in the snow. They go off between 12 to 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. It takes a minimum of 100 pounds to trigger my sensors, because deer or whatever else tries to pass it. They are going off at night. My wife was sitting on the porch one night, looking out there, when the sensors went off, and I shined my lights down there, and saw green or blue eyes, and I was like, what in the hell was that? I know, dear, we have a 14-acre farm here, and our neighbor has 180 acres, and the guy on the other side of us has 28 acres. So we have deer through here all the time. I was thinking, I've never seen that. My wife is actually the one who spotted the footprints, or whatever they are. Those were the only footprints out there, and I couldn't understand it. There's no way someone could make that. It started out like it jumped out of a tree, and there's a handprint too, but it's not a handprint. I don't know what it is. It's like a gorilla. That was the only handprint. But the footprints went to another tree right by our gate, and it stopped. It was done. I'm not really a believer in Bigfoot, so I can't really say. And the game warden was like, I don't know, the pictures are too blurry. But I don't think the pictures are too blurry. I have an Android 10. That's a pretty good camera. I have a creek about 50 yards from where the footprints were found. I also have two ponds on my land. The wilderness behind us has a big pond. I live right off a paved road. It's an emergency access road, so it has to be paved. There is good cover following the creek, and the back half of our property has some woods on it. Back behind me is pretty wild. No one is back there for about a quarter of a mile, so it's pretty dense out there too. I heard something out here that would curl your blood. It sounded almost like a hyena. I've never heard anything like it, and it was loud. 
It's pretty quiet out here because we are in the country. I'm from Montana where we have elk, bear, moose, and rams when they are mating. I've never heard anything like this sound. I don't want to say it is Bigfoot, just because I'm not a believer, but this is unexplained. When our alarm started going off, I carried my pistol with me, and I went down to the gate, which is about 100 yards from my house. I never thought to look up in the trees. I don't know if it's a climber. I have no idea. My sensors set off, and there was nothing down there. I have high-powered flashlights, and there was nothing. Follow-up. N-O-B-R-O Investigators Report. I spoke with the witness over the phone. The witness made it very clear he doesn't believe in Bigfoot, but wants to get to the bottom of these mysterious footprints in the snow on his property. The prints have left the eyewitness very confused. The witness theorizes that whatever animal or creature left the prints was up in a tree, jumped down, leaving a single handprint, walked to the next tree, and vanished. Maybe hopped into the next tree? The witness has sensors at the front gate of his property. The witness said that he's never had the sensors go off this much during the nighttime hours until just a few days before the prints were found. Now the sensors are going off very frequently all through the night. Our team examined the photographs submitted by the witness. The NOBRO questions the vertical ridge in the center of the print and the lack of a mid-tarsal break. A vertical ridge is visible in most of the prints we observed. The toes are straight across. The gait is shorter than expected. The prints don't seem to match other snow prints we have seen in the past. At this point, the NOBRO does not know what made these prints without more pictures showing measurements of the footprints and the stride length. The NOBRO is still factoring in that the witness did see blue, green eye shine and heard a vocalization. Conclusion unexplained. Number 2. The following is a Red Dirt Cryptids Investigations Documented Report. Young First Nations girl sees Sasquatch on the side of the road in broad daylight. 1982. Class A daytime sighting. Major County, Oklahoma. Northwest District. The eyewitness would not give me her name, but she did mention that she was a Native American. According to her story, she was about 16 years old and riding with her parents on Highway 412, somewhere between Cheyenne Valley and Bouse Junction. She was looking out the window of the back seat of the vehicle when, in broad daylight, she saw a Sasquatch standing a short distance off the road in some trees. She only saw it for a brief second as the family car was moving at highway speed. She was not able to estimate height or width, but she said it was brown in color. Follow-up 
RDCI investigators report. Even though this location in northwest Oklahoma is known for many Bigfoot sightings, this report helps confirm our working theory that Bigfoot stick close to the river systems to travel through this region. This sighting location is just 2.4 miles south of the Cimarron River and just off the north side of Highway 412. The Bigfoot in this report was seen trying to camouflage itself in some trees just off the highway as the car passed at highway speed. It is thought, it is thought that Bigfoot that travel the river systems through northwest Oklahoma sometimes venture off of the river and will find a pocket of trees to sleep, hunt, or hide out for a period of time before returning to the riverways. This might very well be what the Bigfoot in this report was doing. It helps organized Bigfoot groups like ours when witnesses come forward and share their sightings like the young woman in this report. There might be more sightings throughout Northwest Oklahoma that we may never know about because of fear of ridicule. This case is now closed.